Welcome to another episode of the X-Experts Divorce Etc. podcast, where we give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Why? We've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. And keep in mind, you can get X-Experts in your inbox by signing up for our newsletter, get the latest news and find out all about our events before anyone else, plus access special discounts and prices. Head to xexperts.com to subscribe. Welcome everybody to the Divorce Etc. podcast. We are thrilled to have Noelle Hewton with us. She is your divorce coach and you will be able to tell very shortly that she is not from the United States. She is based in the UK, but she does work worldwide and um, really focuses on people in difficult relationships with a difficult spouse and covers all uh, touch points of that relationship, whether you're just in it, whether you're thinking of a divorce, whether you're already divorced. So just really helping you manage those types of relationships. So welcome to our show today. Thank you, ladies. Thanks so much for for taking the time. Oh, you're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. So uh, let's get started. Let's let's really talk about this. You know, people throw around the word narcissist and, you know, a bunch of other choice words, which are sound worse than the word narcissist, but they're really not. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And how did you even get into this? And, and let's talk about some of the top tips you can give people who are struggling. Um, so let's tackle the first thing, you know, that word, that N word. And um, when people sort of ask me what I do, I think I was trying to narrow it down to one sort of sentence. And my thing is I help people divorce difficult people. Let's be more generalistic. Let's use that word. That's great. Slightly challenging. Um, And uh, that is what I do. And I help men and women. And as you rightly said, I deal sort of on an international basis. The reason, well, how I got into this is I am actually a solicitor. Uh, I'm also a credit mediator. And what I noticed in my own somewhat acrimonious divorce is that there weren't any resources available to me to really understand the challenges that we face when you're dealing with someone difficult and I'm not just talking about sort of the legal implications when you're dealing with someone difficult it really is that off the radar personal life they now they're being difficult with the children and now they're just their comms are really bad or they did something deliberate you know all those little things that your lawyer kind of goes mm, thanks for letting me know but this isn't going to really change the status and also you're racking up all your charges by just talking to me on the phone I can't really deal with that I just thought who am I who can I talk to my counselor not really they just kind of analyze me I need someone with I wish I had someone that had this sort of strategic um, overall uh, brilliant plan or map of what was going on for me and can help me in all areas. Um, so that's why I kind of created your divorce coach. Um, I just want to say it's so interesting to think like for all of the people out there, no, but for everybody out there who is dealing with divorce and feeling like they are not sure how to navigate the process and that you are a lawyer and that you are having mm-hmm. your own struggles navigating the process, like that really resonates because it just shows that it doesn't uh, even matter if you already like have a lot of that legal background. Yeah. This is a challenging process for anyone. Oh God. And I, and I say, I'm a lawyer and I very quickly vote, you know, not in family law, but I was, as you know, you, you can very quickly adapt and you understand it. And the words were easy to learn. It wasn't a problem. But I think, my goodness, if you're not, how on earth do you grasp this process on your own? And so that's kind of the unique selling point, I guess, about me is that it's not just the whole map is 
when you talk to me about, oh, no, well, I don't understand this lawyer's letter, or what are the options presented to me, or um, how can I navigate this really difficult aspect about them, I get it instantly. And I think that is what's so kind of different. But yeah, absolutely. It's such an overwhelming process. No wonder people say like one of the most difficult things that you can manage in your life is death, moving house and divorce. It definitely is one of those really high ranking and it covers so many aspects of our lives, especially when our children are involved. And it's all consuming. It's so all consuming. Um, but I suppose to answer your other question, which is, you know, kind of, you know, how do we identify? How do we know if we're divorcing someone quite difficult? Um, you know, what am I looking out for here? Um, really, and, and this can sort of fall anywhere in your process, whether it be at the beginning, when you're thinking about it, sort of in the middle, wherever. And what we're really looking for is, I just can't, I'm not heard. I, my, my, my points aren't coming across or I'm being asked to quieten down or maybe there's an element of slight control that is being taken place or um, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of expressing myself or um, there doesn't seem to be any empathy towards how I might be feeling or someone else's need seems to be taking priority. Um, but or even if we come from a certain people pleaser side, silencing our own emotions, no freedom to speak out. I think those are the kind of the big red flags that we'd be looking out for to sort of identify. Am I divorcing someone slightly tricky? And, and also, I know that for myself and my marriage at the time, it's hard to see those things. It's oh, hard yeah. when you're in it to, mm. to say that. But I know that my gut was feeling uncomfortable. Oh, I know yeah. that things didn't feel good. I couldn't necessarily put a name on it or label it or call it out, but mm. I didn't feel right. And, and that was Absolutely. probably the only thing that I could properly communicate at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like if you Absolutely. ask me, well, what was it? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just miserable. Like, I know. I, and I, I don't know. Yeah. And I speak to a lot of my clients like that. So they're trying to describe their scenario. So we always start off with like a, an onboarding and an initial session to really take down all that information and while some of my clients are very clear about what happened others are oh but if I describe it to you I'm going to sound crazy and that's sort of a big red flag in itself that um, is so of, I want to stop you right there because <laughs> I think that like when I yeah. tell Jessica certain things she didn't even know that were going mm. on in my marriage and through all the mm. podcasts we've been doing with ex-experts we're each learning more and more about ourselves yeah yeah but you just want to know you're not crazy crazy and because that's ultimately it. you feel like what am I doing what's wrong with me yeah why am I like what's the deal with the crazy why do we think yeah we're yeah, crazy? yeah 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 and we always inadvertently think it's us. That's why we know we're very empathetic because we self-reflect. And so that's why I'm like, well, you're not the problem because you have the ability to sort of turn back and go, is it me? Am I doing something wrong? But that's the biggie. You want to have a sense of community and connection with someone so that they can just tell you sometimes you're not going crazy. They are actually being quite tricky. And if we go back to sort of that other point that you made, if we can't describe, which a lot of my clients can't, and the reason they come to me is I, because I've been there, done that still sort of doing um I sort of often describe is it in here is it sort of like a the, the voice in here we're not listening is it a trigger do you do you panic when you see a text message or, or a letter do you sort of can't can't breathe anymore or the fear of seeing something and you're like yes 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 I'm like well that is indicative you know physically of having to deal with someone quite difficult. I even have clients that say to me, I can't even read any of the letters. Please, can you do that for me? And I then decipher it for them. But those are, again, that kind of almost 
physical triggers or indicators that you're divorcing someone quite difficult. I think part of the problem too with, with, I would say primarily women feeling like, am I crazy? Or if I tell you this, it's going to be, it's It's because I'm crazy mm-hmm. or I'm going to sound crazy yeah. is because they've been living in a pattern where they've been mm-hmm. being told by their partner, you're fucking crazy. You're crazy. And yeah, so yeah. when you oh, hear God, that yeah. enough, then you do feel insecure about then relaying stories or anecdotes and telling other people because you then fear that that is going to sound crazy yeah. to someone else. And so I think that part of the, the whole thing of, you know, the point is to like raise the awareness that yes, people can be in these toxic relationships. And it's really about trying to figure out a way to, to like teach said, see it from the inside Mm -hmm. to understand that you do need to kind of feel like you have to break out of that pattern. And how do you do that? So do you have clients who did not necessarily feel like it was super challenging in the marriage um, with regards to feeling like they were being controlled or that their partner was so, so difficult, but on the way out, after they said that mm. they wanted to get divorced or after they had separated, these sort of controlling traits came out. So the person yeah. hasn't had really experience in navigating that. And how mm. do you recommend that people deal with that moving forward when it's almost like their soon to be ex-spouse becomes this person who is scaring mm. them and is becoming controlling and difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think firstly, people identify with dealing with a difficult person because they watch my story. So I'm very big on Instagram. You know, that's sort of one of my main platforms. And I give this sort of daily content. If there's one thing that clients, always, you know, even not even clients, followers say to me, they might try to privately message me is, oh my God, everything that you have said resonates with me. And that's because I'm just talking about it. And so I think that connects with exactly what you said. You know, I didn't know I was dealing with someone quite difficult until you started saying these things. And I'm thinking, oh God, that's me. Oh God, that sounds familiar. All of those things. And they kind of watch me for, you know, a while, a long period of time. I think one of the most frequent messages I get is I have been following you for a few months now and I really think I need to talk to you you know that's quite a biggie which is why I'm so vocal about this continuous daily content and I even sort of self-reflect about my own life because I think people love to kind of relate but and touching upon another thing that you said um I think someone is difficult you can't you don't suddenly become difficult at the end of a divorce it's sort of always been there except that maybe you were very good at keeping it tamed And what I mean by that is you were complicit in just keeping them quiet and going along with it. So the the lion never had to roar, as it were, because it was always being kind of given what it needed. You were compliant in what they wanted. Absolutely, yes. And you were condoning that behavior. Now, that is not something that, you know, you don't kind of turn around and go, oh my God, it's my fault. It's not your fault. It's just that people pleasing or codependent or that. I I feel I have to adhere to whatever you want because I'm quite frightened about your reaction is what happens. Now, the reason they suddenly show their difficult side is because at the outside, when you're going through this divorce process, you're no longer willing to comply because maybe your solicitor says, or your lawyer, sorry, solicitor, English terminology, your lawyer or your attorney will say, um, oh, no, that, that doesn't work for you. Don't do that. that. That's not fair. And so then you're bringing in that resistance. And then obviously, you know, the other party isn't too happy. And the best thing that you can do with that is boundaries it's a really hard journey and you know for a lot of my clients um, and followers it's for the very first time having to stand up for yourself how frightening is that 
How frightening is it to finally stand up for yourself when you have spent, and with some clients, 20 years, 30 years, just not doing it. It's terrifying. Oh my God, it's so frightening. And here I am saying, no, no, go on, jump. And they're like, what? (laughs) You want me to do what? You know, and so it is a process and it's, we start so small. And sometimes with my clients, they kind of go, I I, look, no, I just can't do this. I'm like, fine, you go, you go and do what you need to do. And you maybe have to see the cycle repeat itself to sort of come back. But I suppose building boundaries and ever so slowly sort of taking small steps to defining what is right for you and your family uh, and taking that at the pace that's right for the client is probably where um, do you start what are the first steps boundaries boundaries number one boundaries for instance number one thing comms communication so uh clients might say to me okay so we're discussing this on whatsapp i'm like stop you're discussing on what? Right. I was going to ask up. you, no, no, no. Yes. boundaries set up, you know, face-to-face or through text? Le- so boundaries cover everything. So if we start sort of just even comms boundaries, and that's where I have my clients, I even draft their comms sometimes so that they build up this kind of confidence to do it themselves. We're taking a quick break here to talk about our partner, Athletic Greens, which has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what all the hype was about, and I love it. You know I'm into health and wellness and love to use all of my essential oils and stuff. And one scoop of AG1 is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. It's for gut health, immunity, energy, focus, aging, all the things. I mix it in water or a smoothie before or after the gym, and it works for everyone. If you're keto, gluten-free, vegan, paleo, and dairy-free. And every time you buy, they donate to organizations that help get nutritious food to kids in need, like No Kid Hungry. This is a simple way to take care of your health with just one scoop and a cup of water a day. That's it. Plus, to make it easy, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging and take control of your health starting now. If you're enjoying our Divorce Etc. podcast, be sure and subscribe to our newsletter to get ex-experts in your inbox. It's free and includes tips from real-life experts who've been through it, telling you what they wish they knew. You'll also hear about our upcoming episodes and Q&As with our experts. Plus, you'll find out about our upcoming events before anyone else and get access to discounts and preferred pricing. You can sign up at www.exexperts.com. Like number one thing, don't be communicating your life, your child, your divorce on text. You know, that's a cheap, cheap form of communication, as I call it. It's fine to say, hello, I'm running late, or can you get their soccer stuff or dance clothes ready? That's okay, but we're not discussing big stuff. This is stick to email. Yeah, stick to main comms. That's probably number one. Physical boundaries. If you don't want them to enter your home, they don't enter your home. You just say, actually, could you wait here? I'm just going to go get the children. Or there'll be boundaries of the manner in which you speak to me. If you continue to talk to me in this manner, or if you're rude to me again, I'm afraid I won't be able to correspond with you. I won't be able to talk to you face to face. It just has to be on comms. And the thing that I, now setting up these sort of small little boundaries, is and for some of my clients, it's like, oh my God, you want me to tell them what? You know, it's quite big. But what I then say to them is, the thing about having a boundary is you have to have a consequence. You can't be, oh yeah, right. I have my boundary, Noelle. I'm so proud of myself. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like, okay, what's your consequence? And it's like, well, what do you mean? Well, 
they're going to breach that boundary because you're testing them. What is the consequence for you, for them having done that? What and is you that? have to think of something. Yeah, what is it? What is it going to be? Is it going to be, I'll, I will no longer be able to talk to you or I will have to manage all comms between solicitors or I'm afraid I'll only read your emails between a certain time or I will call the police if you do step over the threshold of, of my home after asking you not to. You know, you have to, but when you set that bound, when you set the consequence, you have to be able to stick to it. You have to yes. stick to something that you will do because- so it has to like be realistic. Children, well, we do it for children. You do that one more time and mommy's gonna, you know, but you actually right. have to follow through. And that again in itself is a real test. So when I say to my clients, I'm gonna tell them that if they do this again, I'm gonna call the police. And then I say, but will you? Uh, well, don't set that boundary. Don't set that right. consequence. It has to be something that you will effectively do. And then a lot of my clients are pushed to that. Or if you don't disclose your financial documents in this divorce, I'm going to have to initiate court proceedings. I'm going to have to let the court set the date. I'm going to have to allow the judge to set down what documents I need from you. And again, if they, they'll push, they won't care, then you have to follow through. So the key thing is not just about setting your boundary, but following through with that consequence also. I also learned, because I everything you're saying was stuff that I honestly went through, so setting yeah. boundaries, but also setting boundaries for myself. So like mm -hmm. you were saying, you know, keep it simple about dance or whatever and a text, bigger conversation somewhere else. There, mm. were, there were so many text messages at the onset of our separation and it was literally harassment. And yeah. I was reading them, which was more believing the same messaging mm -hmm. was happening during mm -hmm. my marriage. So. I had to set up boundaries for myself that my therapist really helped me with. Yeah, absolutely. Anything more than two sentences, you don't read. That's it. Yeah. And, and then oh, what I yeah. ended up doing, I did get my lawyer involved. Again, things not to do, waste of money. But um, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't in a place to handle it. I was still dealing with being emotionally harassed. Like I, mm. I didn't have the wherewithal to, to be where I am certainly now, but mm. I, I did. And it does take time. Like everybody listen to Noelle. It does take mm. time. This is not overnight. Yeah. My yeah. baby yeah. step was to read two sentences and not to get suckered in. It's like the good stuff. Like this is what comes to mind, right? I'm a cookie person. So it's going to be totally yeah. a TH random. If the cookie's on the table, I'm going to eat the cookie. If the cookie's not on the table, the table I'm actually going to forget that a cookie's even in the house. Right. True. So if true. I read more than two, it's like the cookie's staring me in the face and I have to consume it. It's, it's like a terrible habit that I had gotten mm. into because I had been trained that way. You're not so doing that for myself was, was like creating yeah. my own boundary before I could even Absolutely. create a boundary for him. You can't be Another the only one who's struggling with um, communications via text. I think we all fall into that, oh, that pattern. So what, how do you recommend communicating to a difficult ex that text well, yeah. messaging is not an effective way in a way that they hear it and that you are able to like <laughs> maintain your own composure? Hey, I want to answer. And then Noelle, tell me if I have the right answer. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> Don't, after you tell them, you don't want to communicate with text. And if they don't listen, you ignore. 
Am I right or wrong? That is true. But you also, in order to, in, um, you kind of have to give them an incentive to use email. In which case, more often than not with difficult people, you have to flatter their ego slightly. So what you say is, this is really important stuff. And I really want um, to give it, you know, your emails or your, your, your messages are really important. I want it to give it the attention it deserves. I just can't do that on text messaging. So I'm going to go to email. So from now on, let's deal with email stuff. So it's a bit like a shit sandwich. I don't know whether you guys have ever heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting a little bit of a, oh, you're amazing. And this is what I need you to do, but you're still amazing. Okay, so we're but you're to still, but you're still advocating for the communication to be written versus verbal yes. on the phone or having yes. certain conversations yes. only in person. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go to person. I would just stick to all major conversations by email. You're going to need it in some way or form. If you have funds available to you, then by all means, let the solicitor, you know, the lawyer or the attorney deal with it. But for most people, that's just an incredible cost that they just can't meet and absolutely as you said uh if they then revert back on text messaging you just don't reply or you give that one response at one time which is as i've said i'll now be dealing with communications via email and then you don't say it again you say it once they're not stupid they can read and the other thing that i would say is um i have other sort of as you said you know our own boundary rules which is uh, never always um respond don't react which basically means any message that you get you have to give it at least a minimum of 24 hours before you even think about responding let alone actually responding that's a great I would also, yeah yeah and the other thing is if you have um if you are getting text messages I would um, actually use either a different phone or if you're getting emails, use a different email address and stick to time between when you're going to read those email messages, okay? So what you don't want is that it's, and I've got my phone here, that it's coming in every five minutes that you can see it. You know, you could be in a meeting and you see something, you think, oh my God, it's there. Whereas if you've got a dedicated email and you actually explain to the other person, by the way, this is my new email address, this is where you and I will be communicating. I will only be checking my messages between X time and X time. Awesome. So that they can send, but, but you have to stick to that boundary yourself. There's no point right. in going, okay, I'm only reading your messages between, I don't know, 10 and 3, and you're there at 9 a.m. checking them. You have to stick to it yourself. Those are your own personal boundaries. And also learning. A big thing is, if you are seeing text messages and having that trigger response, I suppose your own sort of boundary is to, I, I actually say this to my clients, like physically breathe through it. The thing yes. about our emotions is we're very quick at going, oh, I don't want to feel that, push it away, push it away, do something else. Actually, the best way to overcome the trigger responses that we have when we receive communication from someone difficult is, is to push it away. And just, if you literally just live through it, you have to allow that emotion to go through. Now, there are kind of four main trigger points or trigger responses, trauma reactions that you'll have for something that you feel quite uncomfortable with. So the, the two most popular are kind of uh, fight or flight. Yes, we're yeah. going to fight back, which some of us are, don't really want to do, or we're going to run away. Then there's freeze, or we yep. just literally do nothing. I can't, I can't respond, I can't do anything. And then there's another one, a fourth one, which isn't that popular, but it's called fawning. Fawning is to comply. And what you have to do is be aware of these trigger responses, identify which one that you're most associated with, and then try and battle against it. Try and just kind of understand it, but not do anything about it. So I'm not saying push it away. I'm just going, oh God, I'm, 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 I'm being triggered. Yeah, oh God, I feel really uncomfortable. I mean, effectively even talk yourself through let it. Let it be, right, right. Go, oh, recognize it and let yourself in it. Rec yeah, 
recognize it, let it be, and just go, oh, here it is. I'm feeling anxious. Oh my God, I actually yeah, hate that text message. I know what this is. It's very normal for me. Mm-hmm. I just need to go through it. Because that's progress. That is how we recover. We don't recover by pushing our emotions away. Our emotions are neither good nor bad. They are simply our emotions, how we feel and how we are being, uh, how we're operating within ourselves. And the thing is to be aware of it. And then over time, you'll notice that you can just learn to manage it. It's a bit like people that are afraid of heights. You know, it's never going to disappear, but you just learn right. to manage. You learn to put those boundaries. I know I'm scared of heights, so I'm not going to climb up there. That's, that's okay. I'm okay that I'm afraid of that, but I'm going to put the boundaries in to protect myself. It's everything that you're talking about, I think is so relatable for everyone on, on any level. No, I mean, it's true because everyone deals with these issues at some point or another in your divorce, even like I didn't, I had two amicable divorces, but I still had circumstances here and there spread out that, that I can, that are resonating with me with what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. So I know that that's information that's going to help so many people. I feel like we definitely have a lot more to discuss with regards to this because we really need to be able to dig a little bit deeper. But for today, that was amazing information. And I Mm -hmm. hope that everyone also understands like the practicality of the tips. Those are things that you can start doing now to be able to help yourself. And it's for yourself. It's for yourself. And, And there are so many things that you've also said that are good for you to just use in your life. That's right. Yeah. With oh, your God, job, yeah. with, with friends, friends with, with your yeah. kids. Like, right. how do you respond to people? Ha- how do you, yeah. yeah. It really, doesn't have really to be smart. difficult people that you are married to. It can just be difficult people that you're working with or friends right. or whoever, just kind right. of putting in those boundaries. And, and you hit upon something very true, actually, about, you know, you can have an amicable divorce, but at some point there was something difficult and anything can trigger that. A new partner, other children, children themselves, managing them, you know, all of those aspects. So at any stage, there could be a crux point for it becoming slightly difficult. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So thank you so much for all of that today. You are very really appreciate it. And already <laughs> looking forward to part two. Fantastic. Thank you for having me, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. For everyone out there listening, if you know anyone at all who would benefit from what we've talked about today, please share this episode and everything X-Experts. Be sure and click to subscribe, rate, and review our Divorce Etc. podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please follow us on social media, at X-Experts, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. You can also find so much more, including articles and even the podcast transcripts on our website, at www.exexperts.com. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter now. When you get X-Experts in your inbox, you're the first to hear about all of our happenings at events, plus access special discounts and prices. Thanks for listening.